0: are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. I remember uh, an old Farside uh, cartoon. You guys remember Farside? Side? And this uh, far side cartoon had this picture of a man and he had a bow in his hand. and and, And he was getting ready to launch the arrow. And he launches the arrow and then he walks out to the field where the arrow lay. And he pulls out a red spray paint can and draws a target around it. Showing that he hit right in the center of the target. This truly, this cartoon truly is a life lesson for us. Because I think that if we aim at nothing... We're guaranteed that we'll hit it 100% of the time. It's important for us to be thinking legacy. You know, legacy is a term that is almost a buzzword today. A definition of legacy is anything handed down from the past, from an ancestor or a predecessor. You know what? If you have a pen this morning, inside of your bulletin, I, I, I asked the secretary to put a couple of little blank spots in there for notes. And I would really like you this morning to grab a pen and that, and that bulletin and write down two questions for you and your spouse to talk about afterwards or you and, and a friend to talk about afterwards. Number one, 10 years from now, what do I want for myself, for God, for my kids, for my ministry? You know what, we have plans for our jobs, plans for our finances, plans for retirement, but what about our life plans? For the years seem to be going, much by, uh, going by much quicker the older we get, doesn't it? Man, I remember as, as a kid it would be kind of like, hey, can we go someplace? It's like, yeah, we're going to the fair, but it's not coming up for three months, and those three months just seem to go by so slowly. But now it's just kind of like, I can't believe it's Christmas again. The years are flying by. And if we don't ask ourselves the tough questions to say, you know what, where will I be 10 years from now? What do I want my life to look like? What do I want God to be doing in my life? What blessings, what miracles do I want to see come into fruition? What do I want to really pray for this year? What do I really want to target? All of a sudden, 10 years come back, comes, goes by, and it's kind of like, did I, did, where am I? Am I accomplishing anything, or am I just spinning my wheels? Number two what do I want my grandchildren to know about me? You see, I didn't really have grandparents. My grandparents, as I, as I was young, passed on you know, on my dad's side and my mom's side. Uh, my grandmother, uh, was uh, she, she lasted for a little bit there and then she, uh, she passed away, but my grandmother was a, 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 kind of a different lady. But, you know, I really want to have my grandchildren to be able to say, you know what, my granddad was a dad that prayed. My granddad was one who invested upon me, who spent time loving on me, loving on my mom and my dad. You know, it would be, it'd be so awesome to have our grandchildren step in that place and, and, and understand the legacy that we have left for them. In Mark 10, we read, Then then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd, crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. I want to see? Why do you think Jesus would ask him that question? Wasn't it obvious? You know, blind Bartimaeus, have mercy on me, son of David. And then he gets help coming to Jesus, and they're walking with him. And as they're walking with him, he's like, okay, what do you want me to do for you today? The guy's blind. See, I believe that Jesus wanted him to vocalize it. He was asking him, what is it that you really, really want? What if Jesus was to ask you the same question this morning? What do you want me to do for you? Would you be able to spell out the promises of God? Would you be able to say, Lord, yes, God, thank you. Here's what I want for my family. Here's what I want for my life. This is what I need, God. Or would you sit there literally dumbfounded like, um, I don't know. I don't know that answer. Inside each one of us, God has given us desires and dreams. And remember, the Lord has placed those dreams into us. And I'd like to call them this morning appetites. Appetites. Yet if we as a body are not focused on what God has placed within us, then the enemy is going to easily take those appetites and taint them and use those uh, God-given appetites for, for uh, destruction. For example, it's important to be a hard worker, to work diligently, to be able to serve the Lord with everything. But yet if, we taint, if the enemy taints that, we become workaholics where all of a sudden everything is focused on work and everything else falls out of balance you ever had buyer's remorse? You know, Pastor Mark shared a sermon a a few months back about when he bought the hip-hop abs. Remember that one? And as he was sharing that, I remember sitting there thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I've had buyer's remorse too. I've I've had things that have been like, oh, man, that looks so good. I need this. I need to have this in my life. And then you buy it. It's just kind of like, oh, man, why would I spend my hard-earned money on this? You know what I bought? I'll show you what got me.
1: Tone, tighten, and transform your body the easy way with the all-new Ab Transform System. Get the ripped or shapely look you've always wanted. Strengthen your core without spending a lifetime doing crunches. The revolutionary new Ab Transform System is the safe, effective, and affordable way to change the way you work out and look forever. The secret is our Advanced electromuscular Stimulation, or EMS, a scientifically proven technology FDA-cleared and used by professional athletes, top physical therapists, and even NASA. EMS sets off a series of deep, comfortable abdominal contractions to stimulate the muscles in your abs without exercise. It's like I'm doing crunches and I'm standing up, it's amazing. Now you can transform your abs from tubby to toned, from saggy to sexy, from flabby to flat, quickly and easily. Thermographic imaging confirms how the ab transform belt effectively distributes heat through the entire core, generating superior muscle stimulation. The ab transform system delivers multiple contractions, targeting, toning, and tightening the upper, lower, the obliques, even those hard to reach love handles for a total core workout. It's so easy to use. Just wrap the belt around your waist and tone your abs anywhere. Watching TV, in the office, walking, cooking, reading a book. You do nothing. The Ab Transform System will do it for you. You can even wear it to the gym to maximize your workouts. Feel the difference immediately and see results fast.
0: You do nothing. You watch TV and get a six-pack. Sign me up. NASA uses this product. Hello. And then you buy it, and you're like, oh, this is awesome. And you put it on, and all of a sudden it's like, ha, ha, ha. And it's like, you know, it's burning me. Like, this is, it's it's electroshock therapy is what it is. There are God-given appetites that are totally powerful when healthy. Yet even the desires that God has given us can be tainted if we allow them to lead us. How? I'm so glad you asked. Number one, appetites will always want more. The big this year, my wife and I we like to watch the biggest loser. You guys ever watched that show? I found something really amazing on The Biggest Loser this year. See, the Lord has really been, I've been doing a lot of studying on the brain and how the brain works, and we we, uh, we read that book, uh, Who, uh, Who Switched Off My Brain, and, and it shows how the brain can change, and it's pretty cool, by, by different scientists and doctors. And um, they showed on The the um, Biggest Loser this year that what happens when, um, when a healthy person sees Um, a a hamburger or something that is not really a healthy food, the brain releases a stimuli that says, you want to eat that. And then they go and they eat the hamburger, and when they eat one hamburger, it releases endorphins that makes them feel satisfied, and and, and they receive pleasure. Where an overweight person... When they look at that hamburger, they really, it's, the brain sends the body the same message, but in order for them to receive the same endorphins that a healthy person does, they have to eat sometimes three or four burgers to get the same feeling of satisfaction in their body. Appetites always want it now. Why do you think addictions are so common? Appetites or desires will never be satisfied for they're in the soulish realm. They're looking for instant gratification, Let's face it, we're in the microwave society. We want it and we want it now. And often our kids, we paint a false picture for them. You know, when our kids come and they see that money is not a, a, an issue and the money is, is pretty well for us here in Coal Lake and well for us in Alberta. And then all of a sudden our kids go off and they go to school and they want what we as parents have and they want it now. They, want it, they, got, they, they step into that place of entitlement not realizing that it took us years to build it up. They go out, they want the house, they want the car, they want the boat, they want the quad, they want the summer vacation. And then what happens is they put it all in credit and then boom, they're immense in in debt and they can't get out. Why? It's an appetite. I want this and I want it now. Whatever happened to the teachings of Jesus? Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are those which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs the kingdom of heaven, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Appetites will never go away. You know what? It truly is like focalism. If not focused correctly, it will blur everything out and focus on that one thing that we want. So then how do we curb these appetites to protect legacy? Genesis 25 to 27 says. As boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman. Jacob had quite the temperament, preferring to stay at home. And Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game that Esau brought home. But Rebekah loved Jacob. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starving. Give me some of that red stew. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your right as the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all of his rights, his firstborn son, to his brother, Jacob. You want to protect your legacy? Then we need to learn from Esau. My friends, we never, ever want to negotiate with the now. Wouldn't it be so cool if we could turn back time? If I could turn back time. Sorry, 80s guy. (laughs) But all of a sudden, we have Jacob here. Jacob the trickster. Come on up here. And we have Esau. Over here, Esau, my wild outdoors hunting man. Come on, Jacob. All right. So I got Jacob here. And I got Esau. And Esau just comes home and he's starving. And he wants some of this delicious stew that is being made right now. But he says, you know what, I'll give you the stew, but first, got to give me your birthright. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that happen in the birthright. There's a lot of special privileges that happen to the firstborn son, and Jacob wanted that. So, you're about to, in, we're back in Israelite customs. So in order to seal a deal in, in the custom of Israel, you turn and face one another. And you say, you know what? He says, you know what? I want, I want that stew. And he says, sell me your birthright first. You got to swear an oath. So you guys are about to swear an oath to one another. So, as in Israelite customs, you guys grab the the inner thigh of each other. Seriously? Yeah, it's that's Israelite custom. So you grab the inner thigh, grab the inner thigh, grab the inner thigh. Okay, wait, 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 wait i just just pulling your leg. That's, <laughs> that was a lie. I just lied to you there just to see if you'd do it. But all of a sudden, I come, boom, and I say, Esau, excuse me, Jacob, Esau, listen. Listen, what your brother's trying to do right now, don't negotiate with the now. You see, from the time that I am, I read the Bible, and you're being written in the Bible right now. That's, the, the, that's God's word, and he says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, If you don't sell your birthright, the Lord will say, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. And out of your lineage will come 12 sons, and the 12 tribes of Israel will be born. An amazing thing is going to happen out of those 12 tribes. In fact, a savior to the world is going to be born out of your lineage. Tell me, Esau, is it worth worth a bowl of stew? Is it worth trading something right now for something that is temporal? The choice is yours, Esau, but you know what? I want, to make the cho- I want to give you the choice with the understanding that what you're going to do right now is going to affect your family, it's going to ch- affect your, your lineage, and it's going to affect everything that you do. Now go. Thanks, guys. See, the world knows through advertising how to make you feel. You know what, they, they, they want to take their product and make us sense that, you know what, we need this product in order to survive. It's kind of like, if I buy this, I'm going to feel like a 10. You know what, I really, I, I really feel for some of our teens today. You know, all of us who've been through teenage time, you know how difficult it is. It's difficult, you're trying to find yourself, you're trying to find a, you know what, I want a girlfriend, I want a boyfriend, I'm looking at my life plans. And all of a sudden, Axe comes out and starts telling these guys that, you know what, if you want to be popular, if you want to do all this kind of stuff, if you want to get the chicks, you need to use our gel. You need to use our shampoo. If you buy our smelly stuff, people are going to just flock to you. And they sell millions and billions of dollars worth of products. Because people have an image of what it's going to do for them, is that a true image? It's not. You pay, you know, ten bucks for a for a a bottle of gel of that, where you can get gel for like dippity do for four bucks, and I can guarantee that the gel is not going to choose what girlfriend you're going to have, what boyfriend you're going to have. It's not going to mold that whole thing. But yet we're willing to pay six bucks extra because it's acts. Every single one of us in this room knows some amazing leaders, even in Christian circles, who have taken the stew, thrown away an amazing ministry, an amazing life, perhaps even an amazing family, and an amazing legacy because they were tempted to trade it in for the now. I heard a story about a man named Pastor McNeely. And Pastor McNeely was... uh, A son of, of there's a, 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 a brother of two other brothers, and all three of these guys went in the ministry. And he starts off and he says, You know what? I remember when I was a little boy, my mom and dad left such a godly legacy for us as kids. He says, My father would go out and he would go into the woods every single day for hours. And I remember as a kid sneaking out and following him and watching him. And my dad would go to a log in the bush, he would kneel on this log and he would pray. And he'd read his Bible. In fact, he spent so much time there that the log had indentations where his knees would go. This was a man who knew the Lord. This was a man who grew in the Lord. And in fact, he started getting opportunities to be able to speak out and do evangelistic type of meetings. And he started seeing multitudes come unto the Lord. This opened up more and more and more doors for him to be able to establish tent meetings and to be able to go out and do some great things for the kingdom. He, he got to speak globally, seeing Thousands of souls won for Christ. When he came back to the States, he opened up his own church, and this church just started to thrive. It started to grow. People were getting saved. It was so exciting what God was doing. You see, something happened to this man. All of a sudden, there was some kind of a discrepancy with finances, and money was being siphoned, it was being stolen from the church. And the denomination went up before this man and they sat down and said, okay, you know what, you, you've been found out what is happening. And, and, uh, and all this kind of stuff went, went through the denominational discipline committee and they and he said, "For you need to resign from the church right now as senior pastor. And then we want you to do no preaching, no speaking for a total of one year where we want to see you grow and get health and get restored. So Pastor Manny Lee's father resigned And he started walking through the process of being restored. But then he says, but one day, he says, I remember my father coming home. And he said, bitterness set in. He sat around the kitchen table. He started saying, you know what? Who are these guys to tell me that I can't preach? Every single one of these guys on the board do not understand the anointing that I have. None of them have spoke to thousands like I have. And they tell me to step down. He says, you know what? I've got people who are following me. I've got a a great set of people who will go to the ends of the earth with me. I don't need that denomination. And he stepped out of that place and he started up his own church. And as they did, the church started to grow again and things started going well. He's like, see? But then Pastor McNeely's father fell again, this time in a sexual affair. And he chose to walk away from his wife and he chose to walk away from his five children. Eventually, he turned to alcohol and started to drinking and became an alcoholic, and his ministry was over. His son says, you know what? I remember every single Christmas, I would go and buy a Christmas present for my father, and I would go down, and I would give him a Christmas present. He goes, and I remember this one specific Christmas. I went down to my dad's house, but he wasn't there. So his neighbor came out and said, you looking for your father? He says, yes. He says, he's down at the bar. So he says, I went into this this dingy old pub. It was dark. It was smoky. And over in the corner, sitting by himself, was my dad at a table filled with empty beer bottles. He says, "I I walked up to my dad, and my dad immediately looked away and said, son, I wish you hadn't seen me like this, son. I don't want you to see me like this, boy. He says, dad, I love you. Dad, I just want you to know i got a I got a Christmas present out in the car for you, Dad. Can, I, can you come out to the car? Can I, sh- can I give you my Christmas gift? So the dad struggles and stumbles and gets up and walks out to the car. And as he walks out to the car, he grabs his son by the arm and he pulls up his sleeve. He says, you see these veins? Son, do you see these veins? I would give every drop of blood in these veins if I could just have your mother back. I'd give every drop of blood in these veins if I could have my family back. Do you see these veins? I would give every drop of blood if I could preach just one more time. The son said, Dad, I don't think you could ever be like it was. Dad, I don't think you could have your wife back, Dad, but there, there is forgiveness. With that, he grabbed the present and he walked off into the darkness. Two weeks later, his mom called him up and he says, you know what, son, I just want you know your father passed away. This needs to be a mental picture for me as the lead pastor here at Cold Lake Community Church because Proverbs says, a fool will say, I will never. See, what the enemy, we know that the enemy is running around like a roaring lion seeking who can devour. He hates you. He hates your family, and he is so patient. Pastor McNeely's father was in ministry for 23 years, successful. Things were happening, and he would just, the devil would just throw this lure. How does this one work? Does this one work and nothing would happen? Okay, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to try this lure. I'm going to try this lure. I'm going to try this lure until finally, I got him. What lure will work for you? What lure is it that will pull you away and take the legacy that God has given you where you say, you know what? I know that if I do this, I'm going to feel so good. I'm going to feel love. I'm going to feel accepted. I'm just going to, I'm just going to walk in everything. And without even realizing you, you're trading everything that God has for nothing. A friend of mine who's a pastor was telling me a story that one time he had a friend who was on a plane, and he's preaching, doing different services around the world type of deal. And he was on this plane, it was a long ride, and this really attractive lady came and sat beside him. And they just started talking and, you know, just making conversation on the plane. And when the plane ride had stopped, they were sitting near the back of the plane, and the plane started to funnel out and this kind of stuff, this... This lady leaned over and whispered into his ear. She says, You know what? I just want you to know I'm staying at this hotel. I'd love to see you tonight. This young pastor, family at home, wife not there, had an opportunity to be able to trade his legacy for a bowl of stew. But you know what he did? He immediately changed from just being the friendly, nice guy. And on the plane, he pointed at her and he said, "Sin! Sin! Sin!" And the lady freaked out and ran off the plane. Now, maybe you're sorry, Regan and Alyssa. <laughs> the lady on the plane freaked out and ran out. And maybe you say, you know what, that was a little bit harsh. Did he have to really point her out and embarrass her and make her feel small? Yes! It's when we allow sin to hide, that's when it thrives. But when we share light on it and like, I don't care who knows it, I'm not going back to the hotel room with this woman. She's not my wife. That we take that stance and say, absolutely not. What's your bowl of stew? Is it a pretty young girl who will stroke your ego? Is it a man who's just willing to listen to you? Is it taking shortcuts that's gonna put money in your pocket for the future? Again, my friends, the devil's like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. That desire to make you feel like a 10 will end up making you realize that you're a 2. What is the clear legacy that you wanna leave? For once you know what your legacy is, you can ask yourself when an opportunity comes along, is it worth it? I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you're an oil worker. I don't care if you're a military guy. There's going to be opportunities for you to be able to throw it away. Opportunities are coming. And if you don't know what your legacy is, If you don't know the promises that God has been speaking over you and your family, it is so easy to trade it in because you don't know what you're standing for. My friends, we have to be in that place. We have to know who we are. We have to know our authority, and we have to stand in it. You know what? My wife talked to me last night. She says, Lance, what is your lure? And I said, honey, I don't know. I said, I've had opportunities in my life. I remember when I was first pastoring in, um, in Edmonton. There was a youth pastor, and we did a, a community coffee hour, and, and people came in from the community. And I don't know if, you, if you've been here long enough, you've heard me talk about a man named Art Rose now. He's like an 80-year-old saint of God. Just someone who I just, I admire this guy so high. He's just really, man, I want to be him. And, and Art was on coffee, and he was serving coffee to the people who were coming in. And this lady come in who I'd never seen before. And it was our role as a pastor. We were just kind of there and sitting with people and talking to people and stuff. And she came up to me, and she says, you know what? Um, can I speak to you for a second? I said, yeah. So she kind of just to- took me over to a corner room. and She goes, I will do anything possible to have sex with you. What can I do? And I'm just like, um, nothing. Like, leave me alone. And I didn't know, but Art Rose now, who has hearing aids and stuff, is over where, kind of where Melanie is. And all of a sudden, like supernaturally, I believe the Lord let him hear what happened because he turned to me and he says, Whoa, the devil is bold today. People in this room who are in the military, I honor you. But I think sometimes the military sets you up for for failure. They send you off to alert to Italy, to Germany, and your family stays home while people from your platoon and ladies from your platoon go with you. What's your bolus do? It's not worth throwing it all away. for something that is a night. My friends, would you stand to your feet? team would you come? Opportunities are going to come for every single one of us in this room. And you know what? Perhaps they've already pre- presented themselves. There's forgiveness. But my question this morning is, what are you living for? Do you know the legacy that God has for you and your family? If Jesus was to ask you right now, he was to walk in person and walk right up to you and says, what can I do for you? Would you know how to answer that question? January the 11th, we have our 21-day fast coming up. And my friends, whenever we get into that fast, I always tell us to take a, a prayer journal and write out three things that we're fasting for. Maybe a great place to start is, Lord, who am I? God, what is the legacy that you're leaving for my family? God, what is it that I want my grandchildren to know about me? God, where will I be in 10 years, God? What will my ministry be like, Lord? What will my family be, God? Lord, what is it that you want for me to be able to really come alongside as the priest of the home, as the wife, Lord Jesus. What is it that you want for us to be able to come alongside and be able to instruct and raise up and teach our children? Because they're our future. God, show me. Help me, Lord, to make those tough, tough decisions. Because I tell you, when the devil paints a picture, it's going to be a beautiful picture. And all of a sudden we're just like, oh man, this is going to make me feel like a 10. I want to feel like a 10. But it's temporal. Because when all of a sudden you go for that bait, that feeling of 10 will instantly turn into a a, a satisfaction of two. You know what, this morning I just felt that um, as Corey and the team leads us in worship, that let's just take a few minutes and just press into the face of the Lord and just say, God, I want to know those questions in my heart. I want to be able to answer those questions. You know what? I don't. To be honest with you, I don't know if I can answer all those questions myself. I know I need to spend some time. I need to get away on a prayer retreat and just say, God, you and me, we need to do some business. And I don't think that that's just important for pastors. I think that's important for all of us to get away To lock ourselves someplace where there's no cell phones, no interruptions. It's just you and God. It's like, God, I want what you want from my life. But if we don't know what that is, then how are we going to ever obtain it? In Jesus' name. We hope you have been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families
1: come together.